0: Looking to sound like you know what's going on in the world? Pop culture, social strategy, comedy, and other funny stuff? Well, join the club and settle in for the Jeff Dwoskin Show. It's not the podcast we deserve, but the podcast we all need. With your host, Jeff Dwoskin.
1: Oh my God, thank you, Robert, for that amazing introduction you get us going each and every week. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 35 Of the Jeff Duaskin Show. I'm Jeff Duoskin, and it is officially 2021. 2020 is behind us. We are only looking to the future. And we have an amazing guest for you today to kick off 2021. My friend, comedian, actor, Horace Sanders, winner of Star Search. We're gonna be talking in just a little bit. You're gonna love it. He's one of the funniest people in the world. And I hope you had an amazing New Year's Eve. I hope everyone celebrated and had a good time. Maybe you caught the Twilight Zone marathon and it made you think, hey, wasn't Jeff's last guest one of the stars of the episode The Fugitive on the Twilight Zone? John Iman? Yes, he was. And plus he starred in many of the great shows from the 50s and 60s. So if you haven't, check out episode 34. It's amazing and waiting for you. One of the things I did with my family over the break, we watched Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max. We had the girls watch the original Wonder Woman because they hadn't seen it. And then we all sat down as a family to watch Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, my God. Who's calling now? I changed the number. Hello?
2: Hello, Jeffrey.
1: Hello. Where are you calling from?
2: Milan, darling. We have to talk about the new Wonder Woman, Jeffrey. Were my designs not the star of the show?
1: Well, yeah, I love the costumes.
2: Did you love Chris Pine in the movie film, darling?
1: Gotta say, I love the parachute pants.
2: Did it take you back to your breakdancing days, Jeffrey?
1: Yes, but I now renounce my wish to be the greatest breakdancer of all time. I was actually more focused on Gal Gadot.
2: Did you add her to your top three, Jeffrey? Or is she not unattainable enough for your wife's comfort?
1: Actually, she's in both our top threes.
2: And she should be, darling. She wore the star of the film very nicely, dear.
1: Some might argue Gal was the star of the show, not the outfits.
2: But my designs deserved Top Billy! Darling, we both know that.
1: So what's next for you?
2: I'm designing the new Batsuit for Idris Elba.
1: I think Robert Patterson is the new Batman.
2: Well, I'm sure this explains things. But he will look far better than Georgie with the nipples. Okay, ta-ta. Bye-bye, darling. I enjoy our visit. Alright.
1: Well, okay, that was interesting. Well, I hope you guys all got a chance to see Wonder Woman. If you did, let me know what you thought. No spoilers here, not gonna tell you what I thought. Just gonna let you know I enjoyed not paying for it. Okay. So anyhow, I hope you had an amazing holiday break. I hope you had an amazing New Year's Eve. I do wanna thank a couple podcasts that had me on and I want you to check them out you can hear my interviews on their podcast positively Midwest within the head of Fred and Earth Station one had me in the geeksy with the Shane Black Christmas episode, so check out those podcasts that were kind enough to have me as a guest. Also, don't forget to check out Crossing the Streams. It's the live show I do every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, based on a couple older, popular episodes of this podcast. bunch of us get together, and we talk about shows that are fun to stream. Clever, huh? Crossing the Streams. Stream shows. aha. Uh-huh. And And then we talk about shows you should be watching, and it's all interactive. If you're watching live, you can ask questions, chime in on the shows, all that kind of good stuff. Last week, we had a great guest, Tina Marie Trimper. She's of the Psychedelic Podcast and runs the Indie Pods United group. Check her out and check out her podcast. Very cool. Also, I want to remind everyone to subscribe to The Jeff DeWoskin Show on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Humbly, Google, Google podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever it is. Please subscribe. Tell all your friends. That's how we grow the show. I love having you all back week after week. So spread the love. No way to say Happy New Year more than with the gift of the Jeff DeWaskin show. Also go to jeffisfunny.com. That's our website and we have all the episodes there that you can listen to. Also sign up for our mailing list and then I'll send you emails and stuff so you never miss anything. And then also a lot of people ask. So I signed up for buy me a coffee, buymeacoffee.com slash Jeff DeWaskin show. You want to make a little donation, say, Hey, I love the show. Here's a coffee on me. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash Jeff DeWaskin show. So fancy. I'm in on all the fancy stuff. Speaking of fancy stuff, our sponsor this week, 2021 Calendars. That's right. Now you can pretend like 2020 never happened with your 2021 calendar. The new 2021 calendars come with all 12 months. That's right. Imagine being able to look forward to 12 whole months And here's the best part. The 2021 calendars come with a match or magnifying glass so you can completely destroy all your 2020 calendars. Put 2020 behind you with a 2021 calendar. All right, well, I'm going to get one of those. Yeah, because I love knowing what day it is, and that's fun. So everyone, check that out. Support the sponsor. Get a 2021 calendar, and uh, let's make it the best year ever. Speaking of best year ever, it's time for the first social media tip of 2021. That's right. We're going to talk about Clubhouse today. Clubhouse is a new app that you should check out. Now, you have to get an invitation to join, but here's the thing. You should still download the app and reserve your at name, your username for Clubhouse. You're allowed to reserve the name while you're waiting for an invitation. I'm sure one day they'll open up the app because they're still in beta mode. But once you get the invitation, it's really cool. It's all audio and it's basically you go in and people do basically like mini webinars or they they pick a topic and they talk about marketing tips or how to be a better podcaster or movies they saw, you know, anything. And then you can interact with them and you can speak. And it's really cool. It's actually really cool. So it can be a little addictive. I've spent uh, a little too much time on it, but I definitely recommend it. At least reserve your name. Download it. It's called Clubhouse. Also, check out the Humbly app. Just a reminder, they're pretty cool, too. They donate money every time you listen to a podcast episode. You can also follow The Jeff DeWoskin Show and listen to it on the Humbly app. So check that out. Check out Clubhouse. And that's the social media tip. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now sit back and get ready to enjoy my conversation with Horace Sanders. All right. Welcome to the show, comedian, actor, writer, Horace H.B. Sanders, one of my old, old comedy friends. I'm so excited that he is here. It's been a while since we've actually seen each other. This guy is super famous, everyone. Super famous. Star Search. Winner. Winner. We'll get to that. We'll talk all about that. That's one of my favorite stories ever. But what's up, dude? How you doing? What's up, Jeff Dwaskin? Man,
0: you're you <laughs> one, you one of those people you got to say the full name. Like It's <laughs> high caliber. It just goes together. You can't just say Jeff. Man. You can't just say Dwaskin. Now, were you ever in the military? I don't know. I wouldn't just want to just be like Dwaskin, but Jeff Dwaskin. My guy. What's up, dude? How are you? Good, man. Glad to be here. This is awesome. This is the new rave, the new rage podcast. So I can't even really say it's new. It's been happening for a minute.
1: It's been happening. There is this is one of eight hundred thousand podcasts. So I know you had a lot to choose from, and I appreciate you choosing the Jeff Waskin show. Let me just set the stage for everyone about how funny Horace H B Sanders is. There was one time we're at the Mark Ridley's comedy castle. I'm there to actually see another comedian whose name I will not mention out of respect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh. Horace goes up to do a guest set. A guest set, for those who don't know, is when a comedian just kind of shows up to the club. He's pretty fancy. The club knows him. And they just put him on the show. They just put him on the show. So Horace walks into the comedy castle. They're like, Horace is doing 10 minutes. Horace gets up there, does 10 minutes. When I tell you it was the funniest to this day, and it had to have been over a decade ago, if not longer, it was the funniest 10 minutes in the whole time. Because being a comedian myself, I'm thinking, oh my god if i was the headliner i would be crying right now there is no way in heaven and earth that anyone <laughs> can stop this moment in time that horace just pulled out not even pulled out you do it all the time but like just just you execute it was the most flawless perfect 10 minutes i remember i've ever seen and you're just like bye which is like the worst thing right <laughs> for a headliner to come out just like (laughs) I remember to this like I sometimes like I just I just think about that night it was just like anyway it was Horace is one of the funniest people ever man
0: I'm so humbled by that like really I didn't know that I didn't know you felt that way about it I I do remember that night I really just wanted to work on some material and I think I wasn't booked in town that weekend and that's cool I always wanted to get to that point where you could do a guest set you remember that you remember signing up to do open mic you had to wait and hope to get on getting to the point where you could do a guest set because people would come in all the time hey hey we're going to let him do 5 10 minutes
1: <laughs> I thought I thought it was a big shot like if I like to me like the, the moment in my comedy career when I could show up to an open mic that I hadn't called ahead and they're like oh Jeff's here let's get Jeff on let's get Jeff. Like, I thought I thought that <laughs> I made it then that was like the greatest thing ever <laughs> I remember
0: that too Yeah, you don't have to call. You don't have to hope. You can actually tell people, hey, I'm going to go. I'm doing time. Yeah, because back in the day, you have to say, well, come. I'm not sure if I'm going to get up. I might. They tell me come and just wait and see. I had people come a few times and like, eh, not today. Nope, it didn't work out. Yeah, that night, that was pretty awesome.
1: Oh, yeah, that was it was one of the best sets I've ever seen ever. Just to give some people some background. So um, Horace is is comedy royalty. Arsenio Hall, this is a, a quote. This is a quote from Arsenio Hall, right? Horace is like Sarah Lee. There isn't anyone that doesn't like him. <laughs> it's just so great. Like, <laughs> I find that online. I was just like, oh, man. So Horace was in this movie called Be Funny.
0: <laughs> so originally I was kind of a B-roll when they first came. They said so we want we to interview a few people, some feedback. And you, I was, I was going to be background kind of stuff. You know, you cut, cut, cut. Uh, Dennis uh, Dennis Pietro. Yeah him and uh Denver Rashawn. Denver yeah exactly yeah. yeah my guys so we started doing interviews and it went from uh, we need about 15 minutes literally we we recorded about four tapes so we did about four hours of interviews oh wow and they just kept saying oh it's so good I was like really but I was like oh I mean yes really yes it is but really, really? <laughs> and then they ended up following me to Toronto an hour at yuck yucks in toronto and ended up doing that was my first comedy special i released so it just turned into a big blessing it went from a small little piece to uh, me being a major part it was four main comedians featured jay chris mike green uh, mike was the star
1: so jay chris and i drove to chicago together to audition for star search I, we didn't win like you did but in the winter right yeah we literally drove no no it wasn't the winner wasn't the winner we drove there Got out of the car, did our 90 seconds each, got back in the car, <laughs> drove, <laughs> and drove home. I mean, <laughs> driving yeah, to Chicago from, uh, from Detroit, for everyone listening, is about four, between four and five hours.
0: I did the same thing, me and Frank G. We drove to Chicago, but ours was in the winter. We did it in February. Drove to Chicago. There's a friend of ours in the car who's from Chicago. So it's dead winter, you know, and Chicago is worse than Detroit's winters. We get there, wait outside the hotel for a while. We had to wait in line outside, didn't get inside. Did our 90 seconds. And when I finished, I went first in my group of all comedians and the camera guy and was like, yeah, that was a nice trip. And uh, <laughs> we got back in the car and came back. And I knew, I was like, I'm not getting picked from that. That's the funny thing. I didn't get picked there. I did the Seattle comedy competition later that year in the fall and on uh, industry night they had Uh, judges from abc cbs and nbc and i was a new guy in town and i was already clean they tell you to be cleaner so i didn't have to change anything i won that night and they were like wow this guy is really funny like they went back talking about him and then i did another showcase in la well it really wasn't a showcase i opened for sinbad in los angeles and he had vice presidents of the networks coming for a show he was pitching about himself and he told me he gave me a little elbow he's like hey there's some big people out there go be funny And I was like, okay, I did my time. And so they were like, man, who was that guy? We came to see Sinbad. He's hilarious. And so when they talked to the casting directors, they were like, yeah, we saw him in Seattle. It's like, oh, we got to have him. So they're the ones that gave me the offer for Star Search. The guy that auditioned, did the auditions in Chicago told me, he said, man, you almost got me fired when they found out that I saw you in Chicago and didn't pick you.
1: The same guy almost got fired for passing on me. That's the weirdest thing.
0: he said that he said you and to between the two of you i don't know how i have a career
1: <laughs> like, i remember thinking to myself cuz i think jay Chris and i had meant to like stay there and but we decided let's just go home and i remember thinking to myself <laughs> but i i remember i remember thinking to myself cuz this is how crazy you are when you're in comedy and like everything you do is about comedy and all you never if someone had gone hey jeff let's drive 5 hours to chicago I got something is going to take 90 seconds. Ergo 360 (laughs) seconds. If you combine both Jay, Chris and I, because there was literally no waiting time involved. There was no one else there at the time. And then we're just going to, you know, turn around and come home. I'm like,
0: all right. (laughs) You you really have to break it down for people. So then it's like literally 90 seconds. That's not exaggerating. They have the timer. It's no audience. You're not in front of an audience. Now was yours in the hotel room too? I think so. Yeah. 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 It's just a hotel room and it's, Only other people were comedians. It was like 12 comedians at a time in the room with us.
1: And usually you're talking into a mic that isn't projecting. You're just talking into a mic like you're being recorded. Plugged
0: right into the camera.
1: Yeah. When the old school ones with the court
0: and the worst people to perform in front of, unless they love you and they're your people, is other comedians, especially other comedians you're auditioning with because they're not going to laugh at nothing. They were like, "Uh, who wants to go first? I was like, "Uh, let me jump on the dagger. Come on. Give it, to
1: me. it was fun. I was glad. Like it was like one of those things as a comedian. Well, I auditioned for Star Search, and then there was another thing that I did. You weren't there, but you're part of the story. We went to Chicago, uh, and <laughs> we were we were auditioning for this. I'm trying to remember the story. We were auditioning for this like comedy TV. So I got to perform in front of like Gary Marshall and Tim Kazarinski from you know Saturday Night Live, and and like we were in line. Though. We're in line, and this is before. This is before cell phones. This is before everything. And then, oh, no, no, no People had cell phones, but not everyone had a cell phone because we're going back. Definitely wasn't no FaceTiming or nothing like that. Nothing like that. So maybe if you had a cell phone, it was like a flip phone or something like that. And then all of a sudden I hear somebody saying Jeff Duwaskin." Maybe she's <laughs> saying my name wrong. And it's like yeah. Jeff Duwaskin. And like the <laughs> first thing that goes through my head is, oh, my God, somebody died somebody died because there was, <laughs> I'm literally, it's hard to like say I'm in the middle of nowhere when I'm just in the middle of Chicago, like in the context of today, but basically in the middle of nowhere, nobody should have been able to find me. And then this random person is saying, Jeff Dewaskin, Jeff Jawaskin is a woman. And it's a big line, a big line of people, y'all outside in the line, right? Big line outside, right? So I immediately have Panic attack. Like somebody, to, for someone to have gone to this length to find me, somebody had to have been dead. Somebody had to have <laughs> been dead. But it, no, it turns out this person knows Horace H.B. Sanders, and you were on the <laughs> phone with them. <that>. It <laughs> must have said I think Jeff Jawaskin's there or something. You must have known yeah. I was there. And so um, she's like, Jeff?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who is this black girl calling my name? Yeah. Like, uh, how does she know? <laughs> yeah, I remember you were going to the audition. I couldn't go. I was talking to her and going over some some tips with her. She's like, "Yeah, I've been laying out here." I said, "Oh, Jeff is there?" She's like, "Jeff
1: Jawaski." I said, "You know Jeff Jawaski?" I said, "Just call his name. Just go ahead." So this would be hilarious. <laughs> to this day, is one of the most nerve wracking moments of my life. And then she's like, "Oh yeah." And then it's like one of those things where you're like, you're so nervous, something bad happened, and then you're just so relieved that it was just like, oh, this nice little moment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's
1: hilarious.
2: Oh,
0: and Gary yes. Marshall, that's uh, the creator of uh, Laverne and Shirley, right?
1: Yeah, Laverne Shirley, and like all those shows back then. Happy Days, he did all those back then. He was a big shot. I don't think that ever went anywhere though. That TV station, <laughs> that TV show didn't go anywhere. Nothing, nothing.
0: That's probably the first time that's ever happened, right? As a comedian, you know that that oh, never yeah. happens to me.
1: <laughs> I've never, I've never wasted my time as a comedian ever. <laughs> it's gonna it's be, be yeah. Okay, wait. So I want to, I want to get back to you. I want enough about me. <laughs> 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 Look, that's that's my
0: son's talk show name. My, my middle son, oh, he talks so much. Enough about you. Let's talk
1: about me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this this is the famous thing. So Horace won Star Search. Okay, but here's the here's the greatest thing. That you don't find i had to dig back because i wanted to make sure my memory was correct on this so horace is on star search right crushes the first round crushes the semi-finals to get into the finals he gets like a perfect score unheard of unheard of right and then you got like the other guy robert rothstein jew you beat a jew okay well whatever <laughs>
0: Say it like that. Say, I all, I
1: we got, all we got is comedy, <laughs> Horace. That's all we got. Is like... <laughs> so Robert Rothstein, is it's the live show. Robert Rothstein does his set. Horace is about to go. And what happens? Bombs fall in Baghdad. We go to war. Boom. The show cuts off. We're now at war with Iraq.
0: <laughs> Man, I remember before the show. Because the show was live. So we have to do our run throughs. They're really big on time because everything has to sync right. Like you got to do your time. The clock is counting down, everything. So we're going through our dress rehearsal. And he said, we do know that the president is in talks. You know, something could happen. We could get preempted. If we do, we're going to cut away and go to the president because he may make an announcement of war it was President Bush, George W. So it's like, OK, they said, if it happens during the dancers, we'll cut away. We'll come back. We'll reset you. You'll start again. If it happens during the singers, we'll cut away. We'll come back. We'll, come back. we'll reset you. We'll start your song over and then i was like what about the comedians it's like ah, i it won't happen with you guys <laughs> and then of course i'm in the wings and they're like next up oh uh, ladies and gentlemen it's like oh we got preempted Boom. i will say this uh, the thing that made me cool throughout it was uh my oldest brother uh was in the army then he'd been in maybe over 10 years he was being deployed so when they made the announcement, my first thoughts was that he was going. My parents were there, so my first thoughts was make sure my brother is safe. So I really I was able to put Star Search on the back burner, so I wasn't worried about it. I was like, well, hey, you know, check on my parents and make sure my brother's okay. Who would have thought that would happen? Poor and poor Rothstein, he had already done his set, <laughs> so it was like, uh, we're gonna come back. And that's the worst thing to redo. He waited like two weeks, and he had to. We were all like, is he gonna? Are you gonna do the same set again, or are you gonna change it? You know because they saw it it's on you and as a comic i felt for him i was like man that's kind of hard you want to do a new set so people see something fresh but that's your set you've been working on
1: how many tears were shed when they handed you the hundred thousand dollars for rob How many tears?
0: <laughs> <laughs> i cared no rob was real cool man i uh but i i gotta say i didn't know i was I, at that point it was i had a tiger it was like i'm getting this and i had to wait longer it was like, oh, yeah, you got it was the second half of Rocky. You know what I mean? I, I didn't lose. I'm about to hit this. I'm, I'm I'm, getting this title.
1: That came with you get to be on a show and like a development deal or something like that. What happened with that? Because I know I know those kind of maybe sometimes don't.
0: Yeah, it didn't. I, I came in at the end of the development deal things. You know, that was the big thing. We wanted. Coming up to that was development deals. A comedian, you go do a, a festival. If you do the Aspen Festival or you do Montreal, you want to get a development deal. That's holding money. You know, anywhere from 200 grand up to sometimes people get a half a million. So it was like, that's a big part. I want a development deal. I didn't get that. Um, a couple of the other people got appearances. I did get to appear on CBS, but I had that changed in my contract too. And I want to tell you people out there, if you're listening, if you're in the entertainment business, I don't care how small or new you are or how experienced, have an attorney. If you don't, can't afford an attorney, have an attorney friend to look over things, because if I hadn't have changed my contract, I, would've, I wouldn't have got the things I got. So I'm glad I had that. I had a great attorney. So what I did get to do is I, I met with all of the casting agents, the heads of casting for all those CBS shows, like individually. And that's funny because I went in and auditioned for a couple shows. And if you don't know anybody or you're not referred, it's a whole different audition process. Come in say your name. Slate. OK. Act. Thank you. Thanks for coming. It's like, wait a minute, I flew out to L.A. to do this. (laughs) That wasn't even 90 seconds. Jeff got 90 seconds in Chicago. But then when I had that meeting with them, man, they're giving you food, refreshments. They're talking to you. Like, what about the audition? Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. Don't worry. We're kicking it. We're talking. Me with all the people. So that was very helpful, educational. I really should have moved right away. That's what I should have done um, right after Star Search that probably would have been the uh, more advantageous thing in the mix of that right that way because going back and forth especially at that time was more difficult that was it so i didn't get my own show but still time
1: still times but you've been on another show you've been on comedy central BT, detroit 187 you've been made you made the rounds
0: i went fishing on detroit 187 yeah
1: <laughs> i remember that i remember that <laughs> so you've worked you worked with bernie Mac, and you worked with aretha franklin
0: I got to open for Aretha twice. That was really an honor. And then I also got to co-host her celebration of life after she passed. That was huge. That was a pretty big deal.
1: Any cool Aretha stories? Any, any moments to share?
0: I did I'm, I regret I didn't go over to her house for Christmas. She would do these big Christmas dinners and cook, and she's an amazing cook. I did get invited, uh, but I didn't make it. But yeah, just working with Aretha, my mom, my mom was impressed about that. And my dad. So impressing them, my dad was not easy to impress. About celebrities, like, no, that's not a big deal. So they were impressed when I opened for her and they got to see that. And uh, that was pretty special.
1: That is pretty cool. Follow-up question. What were you doing that was more important than dinner at Aretha (laughs) 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 Uh, it. I
0: didn't get it. I think I actually was out of town working. So legitimately, I was working, uh, but I should thinking back, I should have. Yeah, I could have rescheduled that gig where wherever it was at. I'm sure I could have rescheduled that. That's that's still not my biggest regret though of of not going to an event. I got a chance to. I don't want to jump ahead of you. But i got a chance to tour with somebody who became my mentor sinbad easily the best the most impactful comedic relationship i, I have and it goes past comedy he's a mentor to me and a big brother so i'm on the road with him the whole story of itself how i got to that that was something i used to dream about doing working with him even funnier in person hilarious every night different sets different shows and so i'm doing all these dates and then a couple i don't do because i got called to do you know i'm opening for him but i'm headlining on my own so I'm like, well, I got a couple dates. So I'm going to do some of add- the money's pretty good. So he's like, OK. So I refer somebody else to open for him. So he goes this day and I get the story afterwards. He's like, yeah, after the show, Sinbad's like, hey, man, you want to kick it with me or you want to go back to the hotel? He's like, well, I can hang with you. It's like, all right, right, going to see some people. So they get in the car. It's a long limo ride, you know, so he falls asleep. He says he starts waking up, these big old gates open, you know, and he sees these lights everywhere. They're like along the... the the driveway and then they're purple lights. And they just keep getting more and more purple. Gets there, they get out, and they walk, the doors open, it's a long hallway, and he sees a little figure in the distance. Like, who's that? It's closer. And of course, it's Prince. So the weekend I didn't go. I could have hung with Prince. They hung with him all night. They're good friends. Oh my goodness, man. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I just had the headline, didn't I?
1: <laughs> Follow-up question: How much money did you make? In lieu of having a lifelong friendship with Prince.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> and we, he would have loved me. I'm a good guy. I'm really cool. <laughs> We'd have got along. Oh, yeah. He would, have, he would have loved you. Still gives me the business about that, too. It's like, you had to go and work. I'm uh, huh? good. Too bad. Or- Do you have any stories about working with Bernie Mac? The thing about Bernie, I got to see him first. I call these get your life together moments as a comedian. Now, you can do this in any profession, but definitely as a comedian, I've I've had these moments where I say, oh, you need to get your life together where you think you're pretty funny. You know, when you first start, you do pretty well. You're like, I'm good. I'm funny. You see other people. I can do what they do. or You see other people on television and you haven't gone through that experience yet of the whole fear of television, of what happens to your body and your mind when you get in front of those cameras. Some comedians I would see live and see them destroy the room. And I would look at my set and I was, oh, you need to get your life together. What are you doing? Like, what are you writing? Throw all those jokes away. Saw Bernie up at Michigan State University. Bought tickets. Drove up there. I went to Michigan. So EMU, we, you know, we cousins right there. We're cousins. So I go over there and I'm like, okay, let me see this show. I'm doing comedy now. I've, I've been doing comedy maybe, maybe a year and a half. So I think I'm pretty funny. I won a couple competitions, maybe $200, $400. So I'm feeling pretty good. I watch him do 90 minutes and just destroy i was like you need to get your life together so then when i finally got to work with him in chicago it's pretty amazing he's just as funny he's just just as intense in person whether it's a and one of the things about him uh, my friend ron baker jr likes to work with him all the time has all these stories how he could go from the airy crown one night which holds four thousand people in the same night he could leave there get a stand ovation Catch a train and go to a, a, bachelor party or a birthday party or a wedding celebration for eighty nine people and perform, and they might be like, "Who are you?" But he was all about doing that comedy, doing that comedy, like performing as much as he could until he blew up. So that that love for comedy, man, that's that's what I, I learned from watching him.
1: He was one of the best. Any other uh, stories that pop out? Any other near misses?
0: And they're gone now too. Like it's like, oh, well,
1: that's well. That, well that's why I asked about them, just because it was in, it was just interesting because they're yeah you know, they're. Oh, okay icons that have left us that you were graced with their presence. So it was, uh, I wanted to hear about that. That's
0: the one thing about comedy it has been really cool.
1: It's not just comedians we get to work with. I've I've had a chance to
0: work with a lot of different celebrities and artists, music singers, rappers, hip-hop artists, actors. Like, it's it's, it's been pretty awesome. to so think back about it.
1: I think I almost got to open for Rick Springfield once, but I didn't. So I, I think I've only... <laughs> I've only... <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> and I think okay. it was like one of those, you know, like it was a pine knob or something. I was just like, I don't know where I was. I, I probably just wasn't available. But so you missed the call? I missed the call. That was the only time I, I think everyone else I've ever opened for was either a improv or stand up comedian. I think the, the only big name I've ever worked with that passed away was Patrice O'Neill. I always thank the stars that I didn't actually know who he was. When I worked with him, <laughs> oh. because I think I would have been so intimidated had I actually known who he was. I hadn't started listening to opening Anthony yet and he was a regular. So if, once I started listening to after I was like, and I knew who he was but, Well, from working with him, too. I was like, oh, my God, I would have been so intimidated because he was so good. He was just like this force. And he was exactly that way in person. <laughs> it was just like it was crazy. Crazy. Oh, and I worked with a uh,
0: platypus man. Oh, uh, Richard Jenning. Yeah. Jenning. Yeah, Richard, I got the open for him. He was, he was really into himself. Like he was, he was kind of a recluse, but he was so nice to me.
1: Like he didn't like a bunch of other people, but he was
0: so nice to me and the host.
1: I think I saw, I saw him live twice. He was great. I remember someone telling me, cause he would work at the, he would do the comedy castle. And I think he would even work sun, Sunday. I don't know. But anyway, but the point was the the point of the story was he, they're like, he did 90 minutes every night and never did the same 90 minutes. <laughs>
0: He sweated stuff out. He didn't care when he was on stage. You were getting a full show. He left everything on the stage. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a pleasure working with him. And I was glad that he did open up and uh, he gave me some good advice. And like I said, as long as we were in the green room, it was just the three of us and even more me and him. I, I didn't I tried to be really respectful to people and give them their space. I found out they will open up more if you are respectful and just give them their space because so many people want something from them. He had some good gems for me. He
1: even gave me some tags for a couple of my jokes. That is the best when comedians like people do that. I some of my best tags other people gave, other comedians gave me. They just see they see it. I always considered that a gift. Did you ever did you do you have an issue as a comedian taking a tag from someone else?
0: No, I came up like that. I love to do it too. I'll give you notes. I could just meet you. If I think something is good for you, I'm gonna pass it to you. Now, if you don't want to take it, that's on you. But I love that. I love to help to write, to create. That's part of the joy of doing it is that camaraderie, that fraternity we have.
1: No, I agree with you. But some people, some comedians were like, no, no, if I didn't write it, I'm not going to do it. And And my, my always take on that was I didn't write it. You wrote it. You said it inspired me i wouldn't have gotten that inspiration had you not provided those words so what i'm giving back to you is you it's not me i don't have the first 90 percent of the joke. you know this is this is this was born this is my gift to you Lori kill martin gave me a great tag once um this one guy kevin wrote something down once and turned a second throwaway line into like a three-minute bit because he opened up like this whole area like oh because once I did that, I just kept going. Because you don't get to hear yourself from this from the audience. Absolutely, Simba I said that uh, every joke has a comma, not a period. There's always
0: more you can add to it.
1: That's where, like, when we start, we're all together in the beginning, and then we all start doing our own things. Mm-hmm. That's the part that I miss. How long has it been yeah. since I've seen you? Right, it's been forever. But I mean, that magic of that, and I think, and people wonder sometimes when you get more successful, and they're
0: like, "Well, how?" Why is their set different now? It's not the same because you don't have that same energy. That you're not in those same space. You're not doing those same things. They say it's not just you're not as hungry. You are hungry, but you're not in those same space or have that pressure of competitions. That oh, somebody I gotta change. I can't just do my set. I gotta change. I'm gonna do my closer first. I gotta do something different. And that one little change, man. And then other comics see it and they like, oh man, you did that different because you always do. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, man, I
1: love it. So what are you up to now? What are you, what have you been doing with comedy, with COVID? Are you getting back into it now that the clubs are opening up a little bit?
0: I haven't done a club yet. I've had some, I started, I had some live performances in September. I, I definitely was doing like the Zoom or Facebook, the live thing. And I, I had one early on. It's funny. My last show was the day we went in the quarantine with a full audience. It was great too. So I'm glad I got that in, but I just tried adapting. You know, I tried to look at it and say, well, how can I make this better and work? Because the big issue is we're not used to not having an audience and not being able to hear them. That was the other thing. Like, okay, I got audience now, but I can't hear them. And we know the complications with Zoom. And and I saw some people do pre-recorded ones and play them. And that worked. I was like, as long as I can get two or three. So I was able to work out my Zoom one initially where I could get two or three people where I was at that were good laughers. Uh, And they didn't have to embellish. I was just like, let it go. Just, you know, relax. And that uh, it made all the difference. If I can have one or two people that, that's laughing, I was like, the Flintstones has laugh tracks. So, you know, laughter is infectious. People just appreciate it because I think they know what's going on. But yeah, man, I'm just adapting. You got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do.
1: Starz's champion, Horace, H.B. Sanders, and I, we share one TV credit, Fox's, laughs tv <laughs> ah yeah <laughs> With Steve I... Hofstetter the, I watched your set you're, it was great and then I did my set we did they had they came out to Detroit filmed mm-hmm. at the Mark Redley's Comedy Castle we did my set now, when I tell you it was what did we do like a few minutes I think it was like you did a few minutes and then they would cut down into whatever they put on mm-hmm. whatever it was I when I tell you I had the greatest set the greatest set I wish I, I wish I was at my current weight because, you know, on the TV, and you know, I was like, I feel like yeah. I looked a little too heavy, but it was funny. It was hilarious. Amazing. It was great. And then I'm working at the castle a couple of weeks later, and Joel Pregameni t- turns to me and says, Oh, did you hear? They lost the tape. I'm like, What? No, no. I, I thought he was messing with me. And I was just like, But he wasn't. And so it turns out they had lost it. And then they came back. And thankfully, like I was, so then they put me up first. And it was fine. Steve did a good job. He, he got the crowd going. And was like, but you know, first is sort of a little, it was good. It was good. But like I get out there, it was a good set. But you know how it is when you have the other set in your head, nothing yeah. ever lives up to it. Yeah. But it was still good. That's the one that made it on TV. But I know the other version was better. And <laughs> it kills me. <laughs> but I was like, oh. Did you change it up much? Probably not because it was like such a short set. You know what I mean? it was like, I had to do versions of all the different jokes or whatever, but I mean, it was fine. It was cool. I was on TV. Some people saw it, you know what I mean? But you know, yeah. whatever I was on TV. <laughs> Now, would you rather go first or last? How many people are on the show? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, good question. That's the experience. Right there. Let's say uh, it's not—it's not a competition where you're doing like fifteen. Let's say it's six comedians. Say it's a TV tape and it's six, wanna- and you're doing fifteen to twenty minutes each. Let's so say fifteen. That way, they're not tired out.
1: I want to go third or fourth.
0: <laughs> you want to go to? <laughs> See, I didn't get in the middle. If you got to pick between first or last, which was your?
1: If I was going to go first, I would go, if I'm doing 15 minutes and I'm going to be on TV, I think at that point, I would hope I'd be confident enough to go last. Okay. Good answer.
0: I agree with that. First, I used to be afraid of first because I had to go first a lot when I first started. I guess when I first started, I was so young. I wasn't even 21 yet when I first was getting in a club. And then I looked so young. Sometimes they're like, what, are you, 16 or something? And then I was clean and I would be in a lot of events where they weren't, you know. So I'm already looking young and they wanted to challenge me. But I would always have to go up first, and then I did when I did that competition in Seattle. That really helped me with that whole first thing because I was able to win a few nights first because I saw another comedian go up first and kill, got a perfect score that night. And I was like, "What?" I said, "Oh, first ain't bad." And it came to a point where I needed to come in first, or I, w- I had a, I was in trouble of not being able to win, like being out of competition. Man, it's nothing like it
1: switching those triggers and working that muscle. Going first, I think all the emceeing that I did prepares you for going out there when the audience is cold, right? Mm -hmm. So like all the years of working at the Comedy Castle and just going out there and opening that show and just getting better and better and better at it, you know, to the point where I was like, you're almost getting to the point where it feels like you're a middle, like that's how how good it is, you know? So you have to, I think you have to have that skill. And then as you get better, (laughs) you get the pleasure of, not having to go first mm. but you come at it with to me like with the energy of being able to to know what you got to bring still the other in a competition the only nice thing about going later is that you can see what you're up against you know what i mean you can kind of see where you do run the risk of if there's a premise maybe a crossing that could make your joke not work as well or something like that but you know you can kind of see what what's driving, what's not driving. i don't know there's no is there ever a really good answer with comedy that's a, that's the a thing with comedy is like you that, i always hated comedy contests because it's like we were all funny why does one of us have to be the funniest right i don't mean like star search where it's literally a competition but like in general where they pit us all against each other it's like you can all have a great night and then you feel like shit because you came in fifth. like but it was a great night <laughs> You know what I mean it's like it should just be about that. It's just about if it, you may everyone made the audience laugh, everyone wins. That's how I looked at
0: it. But they look at it differently when it's a competition. I noticed that too. If it's a if it's a comedy show and you got ten people, the audience is there to enjoy it. They know when it's a competition, they have a different taste of blood in the water too. Because they're comparing. And I realized it made me have to be more
1: intense. I had to turn the heat up. I would choose to be in a competition where the audience knew neither of us or any of us versus a competition where you could bring oh, yeah. people. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Stack the house. Stack the house, baby. So, all right, one final question. I appreciate you hanging with me, but one final question. I just have never asked this, so I'm gonna ask it right now. In your name, what does the HB stand for?
0: Ah, oh, man, it's like Fred G. Sanford, you know? Um, <laughs> changes all the time, you know? If, if talking to my sister, it's her brother. When I'm hungry, it's hash browns. <laughs>
2: want to
0: fight? It hurt somebody. <laughs> I was trying to get my special. It was HBO. Yeah, it's just it's it is my middle initials, but I never tell them. So I just uh, I play with it, have fun with it. You know, okay. on Christmas it. it's happy birthday. That's my birthday, December 25th. You and Jesus. There you go. Yeah.
1: good birthday.
0: <laughs> I want to. I want. I want to be like Jesus. I like to follow him though, because I I was born in a hospital, not in the manger. <laughs> did a lot of walking sounds <laughs> like i like to walk to my car and drive
1: all right my friend well it was this was a blast i really appreciate you hanging with me hey, man, sharing some pleasure. stories
0: podcast with jeff dwaskin now do you have a middle name jeff
1: lawrence lawrence jeffrey jeffrey lawrence dwaskin that's pretty good right oh, that's nice you gotta go <laughs> by that you got that's
0: uh that's prestigious right there right? Yeah. jeffrey lawrence
1: dwaskin yeah, I can say that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that if I'd have known that, I'd have had her say that in Chicago. <laughs> you would have really got scared then. Jeffrey Lawrence Duoskin, like, oh lord, oh <laughs> boy, like, like they brought the draft back. I'm going to the Navy.
1: Horace, how can people find you and catch up with you and find your comedy musings? Once we're all back and swing again.
0: I like that. You can hit me on my website, <laughs> That's, uh, HoraceHBSanders.com. That's H-O-R-A-C-E H-B Sanders.com. I'm also on Instagram as Horace H.B. Sanders. I'm on Facebook, Horace H.B. Sanders. Actually, we love Horace H.B. Sanders because my personal page is full of 5,000. and it's a bunch of people waiting, so I, I guess I got a fan page now. And then I'm also on uh, Snapchat too. That's just to irritate my daughter. So.
1: <laughs> That's why I'm there also. That's why I'm there also. All right. Thank you, my friend. I can't. Uh, it was, it's been a blast. Thank you. Hey, Matt. You. My pleasure. And remember,
0: that way you won't forget.
1: One of the things I love about doing this podcast is my ability to reach out to old friends and reconnect and have conversations with them and share them with you. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed a little bit of my trip down memory lane and some of the insights and great stories. That Horace had to share. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you did as well. And once again, don't forget to subscribe to The Jeff Duoskin Show on your favorite podcast app or podcast website, Podchaser, Humbly, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere podcasts are found. Check those out and definitely subscribe. Tell your friends, share the link, say 2021 is going to be perfect. You know why? Because you're going to listen to The Jeff Duoskin Show and the glimmer in their eye will be enough of a thank you for the great gift you have given them. And I thank you for doing it. Anyway, so also go to jeffisfunny.com, sign up for our mailing list and get lots of great stuff. But you know what time it is. It's time for the hashtag social trend of the week from hashtag roundup, where people from around the world tweet into hashtags, and one of them, some of them, many of them, end up on the Jeff Duoskin show, and fame and fortune await them in the future, maybe. Asterisk, I don't know, my lawyer says, don't make promises. This week's hashtag is hashtag funny songs and shows. It was part of Boardwalk Tags. It's a weekly show. It's where we mash up songs and shows with something funny. Make a song or show funny. Horace brings the funny. We're going to bring the funny with this hashtag. And here we go. Hashtag funny songs and shows. Gray's anatomy so horny. Breaking Wind is about a school teacher who thinks he's dying and eats lots of Taco Bell. Breaking Wind. Jest World, where all the robots come to life and all have the same eight-minute set. Get Snorty, instead of Get Shorty. Snort. Comic Chameleon, that's the classic song by Boy George. Comic Chameleon. Oh, the sexy movie Comic Mike, which is kind of like Magic Mike, except everyone uh, is fully clothed and just tells funny bits. Paradise Silly by Guns N' Roses. Take me down to paradise, silly, where the laughs are green and the blah 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 blah. I didn't write the rest of it. Song, here's a funny song. Your laugh is lifting me higher. Oh, here's a TV show. Two and a Laugh Men. The Heckling Dead. Oh, it's the worst when zombies are heckling you. Talk Daffy to me. (laughs) And let's end it with, It don't mean a thing if you ain't got that swing. Thank you, Wayne's World. Thank you, hashtag funny songs and shows. And thank you, hashtag Roundup. If you want to play along, grab the hashtag Roundup app. It's free. Just search up hashtag Roundup at Android or iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at hashtag Roundup. All these tweeters are going to be retweeted at Jeff DeWoskin Show. Follow us on Twitter or The Jeff DeWaskin Show on YouTube. Follow and retweet and check out all these folks. They'll also be listed in the show notes. Well, that's it. That's episode 35, ladies and gentlemen. It's been an amazing 35 episodes. Can't wait for the next 100 million more. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for stopping by and we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Jeff Dwoskin Show with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Now go repeat everything you heard and sound like a genius. Catch us online at the thejeffdwoskinshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Jeff Dwoskin Show. And we'll see you next time.